um, I titled this, The Spirit versus the Flesh-Ruled Life. The Spirit versus the Flesh-Ruled Life. Would you all stand up, please? You thought I forgot, right? <laughs> Everything was <laughs> We have to say this before our God today. Angela, are you going to stand up? Oh, yes. I will go home with Pastor Andy after service. <laughs> uh, where did we get here? Let's, come on, let's go for this, okay? The Lord God has given me the tongue of the land that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. You will never, never be rebellious to the Word of God. You always obey so that God will bless you. It's so important. One thing that everyone who is around me will know, if you're really close to me, it's very quick. You, it won't take long before you know this, that I stick with the Scriptures. I stick with the Scriptures. I stay with the Scriptures. The Scriptures are so, the scriptures are so important to me. We had somebody that was visiting our church, and uh, they had a very strong opinion about something, and uh, they were not happy about you know, what was going on. And uh, this person said to Michael, I'm going to go and talk to the pastor about this. And pastor said, you better take a few scriptures. Uh, Michael said, you better take a few scriptures with, him, with you as you go. Because uh, it won't work if you don't have any scripture to back what you're saying. I thank God that Michael knew me right now. <laughs> but that's just who I am. I stay with scriptures. I don't go deviate from it. I don't, I, it's just scriptures. That's what I believe. If you stay outside scripture, you are going to really cause yourself a lot of pain. I've been through a lot of pain in my early years as a Christian. And so the way I protect myself, because I want to get to heaven, is to stay with the scriptures. You can never miss it when you stay with the scriptures. If I have an opinion and you share with me something from the scripture that contradicts my opinion, my opinion just changed. I won't stay with it. doesn't matter what it is. I don't, it doesn't matter who it's coming from. You just changed me. And you are a major help to me. Every human being must humble himself or herself before the Word of God. Because the Word of God is God himself. Amen. You can't do anything outside the Word of God. It's so important to stay with the Word of God. Because, like Angela said, we are in the last days. We are in the last days. You can't be deceived. <laughs> Hello? You can't be deceived. There were people with Jim Jones. Educated people. There were people with Koresh. David Koresh, you remember him? Doctors. This thing has nothing to do with education. You must submit to the Word of God. You don't walk by your emotions. You stay with the Scriptures. If anything, 
Stay with the scriptures. If you have doubt, stay with the scriptures. If you don't understand, wait. God's going to reveal the truth. He knows your heart. But if you have a heart that will not hear what God has to say, you will be rebellious. I think in my early years, my pastor, my very first pastor, that's the first church I knew, he had all kinds of teachings. Some of them were really tough for me, and I didn't know what to do. I was new to Christianity. And I stayed with him. Things were not working out well for me, but I stayed with the scriptures. He didn't know this, but I was searching everything back home. Whatever he said, I went back home. I spent a lot of time cross-checking if pastor was right. And if he was wrong, I put that in my pocket. Won't say anything to him. But he got to a point where I went to him as a pastor. Where you got all this stuff that you're preaching from? He was shocked. Huh? Yeah. I want to know where you got those stuff from because I can't find them in scriptures. He said, you want me to show you, you know, from the scriptures? I said, yes. He was quiet for a long time. And then he said, I, I can't show you. I said, well, Pastor, I don't think I'll believe a word you say after this. It's got to be from this book. And from then, I developed this strong resistance to any opinion that contradicts what I see in scriptures. That's just the way it ought to be if you need God's blessings in your life. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, it says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God. People just don't write scripture. They came from God. This is an introduction to the message because I have a lot to say about this topic. All scripture, every scripture was given by the inspiration of God. God meant it for something. God just don't talk because he wants to be saying something. When God speaking to us, these things... He means every word that he's saying. And those things will benefit us. Not for himself. He's already God. He needs nothing. Whatever he's saying to us, even if we consider it negative, is for our benefit. He created us. He knows us better. And those scriptures are really for us. All scriptures are given by the inspiration, by inspiration of God. And they are profitable. They are profitable for doctrine. What doctrine means is guidelines. Guidelines. All scripture for guidelines. In Romans, I believe, chapter 6, verse 18, it tells us that you were a servant of sin, but you believed from the heart that form of doctrine that was delivered to you and being delivered from the power of sin. So is the, the form of doctrine that you receive that's going to help you. If the form of doctrine is not right, it's not from the word of God, I, I be, believe me, it hurts you. It will hurt you. Because your opinion of God will be different from what the scripture is saying. And God's not obligated to, to endorse your opinion. You stay with it. Guess who wants to endorse your opinion? The devil. So you hear a lot of crazy things out there, people saying things, without it coming from scriptures. All scripture, God breathed. 
And it's profitable for doctrine, for, re- for reproof. That means sometimes somebody can walk up, you are not living right according to scripture. You need to change your ways. That's a rebuke. God says that even that is profitable for you as a person. For correction. So you have to be corrected. For instruction in righteousness. So there is, you are already righteous when you receive Christ. Once you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have his righteousness. He became sin who knew no sin, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So when you are in him, you have the righteousness of God. No other righteousness but the righteousness of God. That's the only righteousness that's accepted in heaven. But there is what is called instruction in righteousness. You are already righteous, but you need to be instructed on how to work out your righteousness for your profit. Because the Bible says all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. It's profitable. It's profitable. You can profit profit from it in your personal life, in your marriage life, your children's life, your finances. You can profit from the word of God. God doesn't do anything that will not result in benefits for our life. When God says, don't go there, it's for your benefit. If you don't go. So that's the scripture. It says, God will instruct you in righteousness. The reason for it is in verse 17. That the man of God, how many men and women of God we have here today? All of this, that the man of God may be complete. You are not complete without scripture. If you go against any word of God, you can be complete. And you will never really understand God without scripture. Because God and scripture are one and the same. I don't buy into, you know, I feel the spirit can. Yeah, I can feel that when it's backed with scripture. We need to be careful that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. You are able to do good work. You are able to give. You are able to be kind. You are able to be patient. God will take care of you. That's what it is. But it has to come from Scripture. It's because of the Scripture. I'm going to let you know this. There are many Christians in the world. And many born-again Christians. And even among born-again Christians, there are two kinds of born-again Christians. Uh, two kinds. There is the carnal Christian or fleshly Christian and the spirit-led Christian. The spirit Christian and the carnal Christian. Paul said, you Corinthians, you are still carnal. You are still in your flesh. You live by the flesh. You live by your feelings. If it doesn't feel good, you abandon it. If God doesn't give you the next day, you have abandoned that project. You are next to the next one. It's like a drive-through stop. God give it to me now or I'm going to the next restaurant. That's the kind of mentalities of the flesh. We walk by faith and not by sight. We don't walk by feeling. When he says sight, he's not talking about eyes alone. We have ears. So we don't walk by our feelings. We walk by faith. 
will walk by faith. So there are two kinds of Christians. Those that are staying and standing firm on the word of God and the word of God alone and not their feelings, not what anybody says, but only what God says. And believe me, when you stand on that, you have serious opposition. People come against you. You think the people are the ones coming against you? No, Satan is coming against you. Because he knows if you continue to stand, he can't touch you anymore. You're free. That's why the Bible says, you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. He knows you're going to be free. So he challenges you. And sometimes he will challenge you through people who are really close that you respect. And if you listen, you miss God. That's why I won't listen. It doesn't matter who it is. Once you start going away from the word of God, well, brother, I feel this way. I'm not going by your feeling. It's my life. It's my life. Why should I put my life on your feeling? I'm not going there. This word is sure. This word can carry me. This word was from the beginning. This word was before everything existed. I can rest on this word and this word will carry me. I'm not going to go by how you feel or your opinion. It's what I see in the word. That's what God will endorse. And that's what brings faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And if you don't fully understand the word of God, you're going to move away from it. Because your ears have not been opened, just like we said before. And when your ears are not opened, God, the Lord God has not opened your ears to hear, then what you'll do is move away. You'll be rebellious. You won't know you're being rebellious. You just act it. And God knows. We need to stay with what God says. So there are two types of Christians. Those that are listening to the Spirit of God. And God is spirit. Jesus said that. John chapter 4. God is John chapter 3, I believe. God is a spirit. God is a spirit. So we need to listen to the spirit of God. Let me read this to you. Romans chapter 8, from five, verse 5 through 8. It says, For those who live according to the flesh, in other words, if you are relying on what you see, what you can taste, what you can feel, those who live according to the flesh, they mind the things of the flesh. They are always calculating how to take advantage. But unless the Lord builds a house, those who are building are building in vain. You're living according to the flesh. It says those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. What occupies your mind for the most part in your life? What are you thinking about? What's really important to you as a person? If I ask your friend, what is one thing that you can say about this person? Just one thing. Would they say Christian? If you represent something else, then I wonder. If man who can see you don't even know that you have the mind of the spirit, how can heaven know? Where is your mind? What is important to you? Can your children tell what's really important to you? You don't want to go there because if you do that, mommy's not going to like that. Why? He said, because God says this. That's mommy's life. They have to know. They know where your mind is. 
It's a question of where your mind is. So, if you are of the flesh, you set your mind on the flesh. And if you are setting your mind on the flesh, I know where you are. I mean, we don't need to analyze it or go do research about it. I can tell by the things that come out of your mouth and the places you go. And how you spend your time and your money. Give me your checkbook. I can tell. Hello. You don't have to answer that. No kidding. It's not a phone. But give me your checkbook. I can tell where, where, what's most important in your life. But the Bible is very clear. God must be first in your life. You must love the Lord your God above everything else. Even your own life. And so when I see your checkbook, I can tell. God has an agenda in the world. He wants to win souls. He wants covered and the surrounding regions there. He, regions, he wants them saved. He wants them to hear the gospel. What are you doing about that? Do you even think about it or is all you're thinking about is how I'm going to pay my bill? What's the next, next nice car I can drive so my neighbors can know that I'm prospering? Who cares? But what's important to you? If your mind is fully on that, just success, a good family, good family is good. Success is good. But that's not the first thing. It must be God. When I see you, I I should know that God's first thing in your life. And I can guarantee you, if he's not, if you think you're going to heaven, keep dreaming. Because it's got to be first. Jesus said, it's not just those who call me Lord, Lord. But those who do the will of my Father. That's what he said. You're not going to get crashed into heaven. One angel can take you back. So this is a scripture we need to consider. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. If your mind is on just fleshly things, you're going to have a whole lot of unrest in your life. It's going to be a lot of problems coming to you. But if you switch your mind and begin to think about the things of the Spirit, then you're going to have rest and peace. Don't seem like that. The ways of God are very different. If you say, I don't care about this thing anymore, I'm going to follow God. As you pursue God, those things that you have left behind, that you really were running after, they'll begin to pursue after you. And they'll catch you up, catch up with you, and overtake you according to the scripture. So the first thing is to stay with God. It says it in verse 7, but because to be carnal is fleshly minded, is enmity against God. So when your mind is not spiritually minded, your mind is not in the things of the spirit, you are not spiritually minded, there's enmity between you and God. You don't know it, but he's there. How can you remedy that? Very simple. Just say to God, I surrender. It's over. I'm not going that way anymore. Could you help me so I don't do that anymore? I want to put my mind in God. At the instance you say that, the Spirit of God swoops in. And things begin to change. And you begin to love God. And you begin to want to do things of God. 
just to be spiritually minded. We'll bring all of those things to you. It says in verse 8, So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You can be in the spirit and that can happen this morning. Can I hear an amen? If you feel like you are not in the spirit but you want to be in the spirit, that can happen this morning. At the close of the service, I will tell you what to do and you can get in the spirit so that you can please God. There is another scripture that talks about pleasing God. It says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So pleasing God is important. Pleasing God is important. And being in the Spirit is what pleases God. It says in John 6, uh, verse 63, it is the Spirit who gives life. Going back again to life. It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. It is the Spirit that gives life. If your mind is rested on the things of the Spirit, it's life and peace. It is the Spirit that gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak, goes back again to the word. The words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. The words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. If you want more life, imbibe more of God's word. Just, just stay with it. Stay with it. Study it. Keep reading. Study it. Listen to it. People will begin to tell you what's different about you. There's something, what's different about you? Because your language will begin to change. And you are making no effort. Guess who is doing all the effort for you? Pushing, pushing you that the Holy Spirit is doing it for you. Because the Spirit of God is in you. It's so important to be spirit ruled. So that God can bless you. It was so important in the time of the New Testament church when it began. That you, are, you were not permitted to serve. If you are not spirit filled. You cannot be spirit led if you are not spirit filled. It's impossible. And it is so important to be spirit filled. You know, I told myself as a pastor, I got only one person to please. I'll speak the truth. Tell you the truth. You can receive it and your life will be blessed. I believe that God has already told me, as I speak the truth, the people make the pasture green, they're coming. And I have to see them, they will come. I have to speak the truth. My thing is to tell what God shows in this world so you can follow through. It's hard to be spirit-led. It's hard to have a spirit mind when you have not been filled with the spirit. You have to be filled with the spirit. Look at what it says. In Acts chapter 6, they were looking for people to serve tables, to wait on people. You know, waiters. Like in a restaurant. Look at what it says. In Acts 6. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation. Good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit 
and wisdom whom we may appoint over this business. What business was it? To wait on people while they eat. You were not permitted to wait on people while they eat if you don't have a good reputation. In other words, people know you that you are really living the Christian life. You are not sowing seeds of discord among the brethren. You don't tell stories and lie. They know you are a man of integrity. But that's not enough. You have to be full of the Holy Spirit. You can't wait on people eating unless you are full of the Holy Spirit. So it's very important to be filled with the Spirit. I have a book that I've written. I have a few in my copy. I'll give it free to you. Please read. Because if you are not, there is a second life to go. And I'm not being very severe today. This is a lot of compassion. I'm, if I'm se- seeming like I'm a little harsh, no. It's a heart of compassion and love for everybody that's here today that God will lead you because he's helped me. The greatest blessing I've had in my life is the feeling of the Holy Spirit. He changed my life. And Satan tried to confuse me for a few years. But when God got me in track and I followed it, my life changed. I could do things that people that have PhD in divinity or whatever, they they don't even understand those things. Because the Holy Spirit showed those things to me. And I've got to pass it on to you. Otherwise I won't be doing God's service. I have to share with you what God has shared with me and what has blessed me I need to share with you because you can receive if you want and it will change your life. He will change your family life. He will bless you. God's, God's really blessed my family greatly. There's no bragging. God's blessed me. And the children also. It's my job to tell the truth. Don't know the future, but I want to share what God's done. So that you can follow. So that's, that's being a servant of God. Not all the feelings of, no, I want something that you can stand on that will keep you standing. No matter what storm comes against your life, you're still standing and nobody can, you know what you believe and God sees you through. There is a God. There is a God. I know there is a God. My thing is how I can please Him so that He can walk in my life. That's what is important. Life is too short. No matter how much you gather, before long you're gone, you leave everything behind, you're gone. You may be famous today, 30 years later, nobody knows who you are. But I want to leave my mark in God. I want when I get to heaven, I got a great entrance. He's back home. That's what I want. We're going to leave for that. So he, they said to them, look from among you, men, seven men of good reputation, Full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. And we want to appoint those to do this job. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. So it goes back again to the ministry of the word. Question is, how can you know that this man is full of the Holy Spirit? How can you know? How can you know a person is full of the Holy Spirit? We have to understand, there is nothing like a secret Christian. There's nothing like that. There is nothing like a this between me and God. Nothing like that in scripture. Every statement that goes in that light 
is suspect. Because there's nothing like that. Jesus was clear. You don't light a lamp and put it under a bushel. Clear. A city set on a hill cannot be hid. You can't hide anything that God's given to you. They'll know. And if they don't know, we got a problem. We got a problem. So there's nothing like that. Paul said in Acts chapter 26, verse 26, these things were not done in a corner. You can't do anything of God in a corner. It's not secret. So if you are filled with the Spirit, we got to know. Heaven's got to know. You got to practice. If you are not practicing, you know people who professional people who practice, everybody knows. If you are not practicing, you are not in business. You got to practice. You got to practice. There are steps to being filled with the Spirit and being ruled, with this, uh, ruled by the Spirit of the living God. The first step is you have to be born again. You have to be born again. Now we're going into serious business on what we're talking about. We have to be born again. Brother Marco, can you go into my office, please, and uh, get me my book? It's right there in the box. You have to be born again. I don't know how we have moved away from the way the Christianity was practiced in the time of Jesus and the apostles. And I think for that reason, we are really having a hard time. And there's no real power. In the early days, once you got saved, they made sure you got water baptized. No, it's no time wasted. They got them immediately. And if you're a Christian, and you have not been water baptized, please submit to God's word. Submit to God's word. Because see, God's not interested in the abundance of things that you do. To obey is better than sacrifice. And to heed than the fat of rams. For disobedience is as the sin of witchcraft. And stubbornness as iniquity as the sin of idolatry. So we need to understand obedience is what God is calling for. When you hear his word, submit to his word. Even if you don't understand, cry out for understanding. And he'll give, he's a real God. He'll give you understanding. Don't oppose when God speaks with your own ideas. It won't work out well for you. So we really need to obey him. We, you need to be born again because after they baptize you in water... The next thing they do is they make sure you are filled with the Holy Spirit. They make sure you are filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to share those scriptures with you. And this has nothing to do with denomination. I don't preach denomination. I preach the Bible. Not denomination. If you love Jesus, I'm your brother. 
If you walk with Jesus, I'm your brother. Don't matter what denomination, but we speak the truth. So you got to be born again and then be filled with the Spirit. And I'm going to be sharing those scriptures as we move in this series. John chapter 3, verse 6 through 8, Jesus was speaking. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. Your mother gave birth to you. That was the first time. But there is what is called born again. We put it this way. If you were born only once, you'll die two times. If you were born two times, first born by your mother and then born again by the Spirit, you only are permitted to die once. You go to heaven. And Jesus speaking here, he says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. There is one that is flesh. And, and he says, and that which is born of the Spirit, notice, capital S, that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Then he continues, do not marvel that I said to you, you must, say the word with me, must be born again. You must. You must be born again. Don't marvel because I'm telling you that. It says the wind blows and you hear the sound of it, but you don't know where it's coming from and you don't know where it's going. He says, so is everyone who is born of the Spirit. So there, is peop- there are people that are born of the Spirit. And then there are people who are just born of the flesh. So we need to recognize that. And the only those who are born of the Spirit can receive the Holy Spirit and be Spirit-led. And do works for God that is accepted in heaven. You know, I'm going to give you something in the Old Testament to let you know how important this is. God doesn't want any sacrifice that's touched with flesh. He never likes it. In the Old Testament, God said, bring the animals to the altar and leave it there. Fire will come from heaven and will consume the sacrifice. They decided they wanted to help God of the flesh put fire into it. Guess what happened to those individuals? They all died. Because only what is from the Holy Spirit that is accepted by God. And I'm going to close with this scripture because of time. John 14, 16 through 18. It says, and I will pray the Father. This is Jesus speaking. And please listen. This is Jesus speaking. I will pray the Father. And he will give you another helper. That he may abide with you forever. And then he tells us who this helper is going to be. The spirit of truth. How many want to know truth? And you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. This is called the spirit of truth. So if you are really going to know God's truth, you need the spirit of truth. This is a spiritual thing. You can't know truth without the spirit of truth. It's hard. We don't have what it takes. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. I need the spirit of truth. Jesus said, I'm going to ask and pray to the Father to give you the spirit of truth so that you will be able to discover truth so that you can be free. You can say no to that. That something after Jesus had died, he's pleading with his Father to give you the spirit of truth. And you say, well, I don't want that. I'm okay the way I am. No, you can't walk that way. 
He is the one that owns the kingdom. He is the king of the kingdom. He says, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. So why would you pray the Father to give the spirit to the people in the world and then the world cannot receive? If you have not been born again, you are still of the world. If you have not been born of this spirit, you are still of the world. And God says, you cannot, cannot receive the spirit of truth. He says, because it's neither sees him, nor knows him, but you know him. He dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Let me underscore how important this is for the New Testament. Did you know that in the Old Testament, there were only three kinds of individuals that were permitted to even have the Holy Spirit come on them, just to rest on them for a while and then leave. Just three individuals in the Old Testament. Thousands of years. The priests can have the Holy Spirit come on them when they were supposed to, when they are about to do their job. The Holy Spirit can come on them. The prophet was another category of individual, individuals in the Old Testament that were permitted to have the Holy Spirit come on them, not in them, just come on them for service, and then he leaves. Samson was one of those ones, the judges, the kings. They had the Spirit of God come on them, and then he leaves. But in our time, we have been so blessed, much more than these individuals, that the Holy Spirit is permitted to live with us, inside of us. No wonder Satan fights this gift so much. Because he knows when God comes to live inside of you, things are going to change. If you acknowledge who is living inside of you, things will change. No doubt. This is the same Holy Spirit that created all things. Now your address is his address. Things will change. That's why he hates this gift. That's why there's so much controversy in the church about oh, what I receive, what I you speak in tongues. All kinds of controversies going on. You know why? Because Satan doesn't want this for you. He's scared of it. Scared of it. But Jesus went to the cross to make it possible for you and I, Gentiles, to have this on us. His death on the cross, his, the beatings he took and everything made it possible for our bodies to be prepared and made ready for the Holy Spirit to now come in and dwell inside a man that's clear. That's an amazing thing. Why would I reject something like that? That came so powerfully on the day of Pentecost when it came from heaven, everybody heard it. And miracles started taking place. We need to submit to God. We need to submit to God so that God can transform our lives and fill our lives with power. In my early years as a Christian, I was so filled with fear. You know, because, you know, I grew up with, from this environment with a lot of voodoo. If, if, if something moves, I'll go, what was that? That's the way I, I was, you know, raised. Today, we feared witches and wizards. If there is a witch that comes, those of them from Africa know that. 
If a witch comes into the room, the rest of us will... If a witch flies into the room, the rest of us will fly out immediately. We're scared of them. They're scared of me today. I know that. Amen? I don't have to be afraid of them because of the Holy Spirit. I say, you just have a little demon. (laughs) I got the Holy Spirit. You can torment me. When I come in, he says, here comes trouble. What are we going to do now? Because Jesus is in you. You have that privilege today. You have that privilege today. I had a man a few years back. After he had seen several miracles in the meetings that I was holding in a village. He he had a grown man, elderly man. He had been a witch for a long time. He sent a message to me before I got to Lagos. I arrived in Nigeria. Sent a message. said, go and tell that man, that young man, that I'm a witch. I want to be free. That was not something that I grew up with. We feared them. And I forgot. And as I was ministering to people, just praying with them, those who were demon, uh, demon oppressed, uh, this very elderly man sat in front of me and said, did that young man give you the message? I said, what message? Because I had forgotten. He said, the young man, I sent him to you in Lagos to tell you about me. Yeah. I said, oh, you are the man that's the witch. He said, yeah. I said, do you really want to be free? He said, yeah. That's why I came. I know you can help me. Short prayer. Amen? Short prayer. He started throwing up. And then he got up. He said, I'm free now. And walked away. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. Did I feel anything? No. I felt nothing. I prayed for him just like I prayed for everybody else. But the Holy Spirit was present. And you have that same privilege today. You have the same privilege to receive the Holy Spirit today. Jesus died to make it available for us. Amen? All eyes closed today. You're here this morning. And you feel, I want to know God. Just like that man speaking. I want to know God. I want to know Him. Maybe you've made a decision for Christ before. But things are not going the way you want it to go. You're not really living the way you know you should live. But you want Christ to come closer to you. You want Him in your life. If that's you, can you put your hand up quickly? Put your hand up. Let me see your hand up. Thank you so much. Thank you. Amen. I'm going to pray a prayer with you right now. The, one, the ones who lifted their hands. All, all of you pray with me. Say with me, Lord Jesus... Thank you for coming into our world to die for my sins. Lord Jesus, I welcome you into my life. I need the new birth. Receive me. Write my name in your book of life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for sending my Savior, Jesus, into the world. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Every of my message, I'm going to give an opportunity. Let me let you know, I'm going to share with you from the scriptures. If you have been born again, and you have received the Holy Spirit, I have abundance of scriptures. You can, I'll give you my book, it's free, because I just want to help. And you don't speak in tongues. God wants to give you that gift today. 
The Bible tells us in Mark chapter 16, it says, These signs shall follow those who believe. They shall cast out devils. Are you a believer? They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. All believers can. If you are not able to do that, God wants to give you. Nobody's going to force you. If it's tough for you, talk to me in private. I'll pray for you. But if you want that gift, God, we have people that can pray with you today and can help you receive. Prayer partners, please come up. Now, lock the door. Make sure nobody leaves. (laughs) If you want to receive the Holy Spirit this morning, with the evidence of speaking with other tongues, or you have another need in your life, would you please stand up and come? Anybody here wants to receive? Let me put it this way. Has everyone here received? Has everyone here received the Holy Spirit and can pray in tongues? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I see that little girl saying, yes, I can speak. <laughs> That's wonderful. Amen. If you have any other need, you can come.